0: Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Dubenois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome back for another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Today's guest is the classic American success story, and I love these stories. He migrated to Los Angeles in 1996. He's a proud Chinese-American who speaks Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. He trained as a sound engineer, Working at recording studios and entertainment agencies before he started his own firm in 2003 in Los Angeles. If having one business wasn't enough, he decided to launch a second business focused on producing promotional products. His business earned him the coveted SCORE Award in 2009 for small business success. And his business finally grew so popular that he decided to sell his production company and focus exclusively on promotional product industry. Please welcome to the show, the host of the small business show, Swire Ho. Swire, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing, Cliff? Thank you so much for the warm introduction.
0: Yeah, it's great. Like I said, I, I love hearing these stories about immigrants that come to the U.S. and they're just a, a huge success. You know, I absolutely love hearing those stories and I definitely want to talk about that uh, a little bit more. First, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what your business is?
1: Well, the first business that I start uh, is kind of related to the recording industry. You know, I came here, wanted to be in the music entertainment industry, but I don't really play an in- instrument. So I became a recording engineer. And in 2003, I started a company that we produce CD and DVDs. If you're old enough to remember those, it was very <laughs> popular back then. So... Naturally, uh, there are a lot of entertainment company in LA. So we do CDs, DVDs for them. What we specialize in doing is actually not the ones that you see in a jewel case, in a DVD box. We actually do custom packaging. We do those boxes. We do those custom fold So we actually earn a name for ourselves to become the custom packaging, the the print expert on the packaging side. Most
0: people wouldn't think that getting into promotional products and having a podcast yeah something that just doesn't fit but you launched a podcast and you're doing really well so first off what made you decide to start a podcast in the first place
1: it's just fun you know something that something that i i know a lot of people started uh, their podcasts you know during the pandemic i actually started about 3 months before the pandemic and then i actually carry all my gear traveling to the guest business and we nice. actually sit down and talk. It was a lot of. It's very time consuming. It, it it would take me sometimes three hours just to set up and then you know to break stuff down. So I think you know going online like what we're doing right now is actually uh, easier. So I think in the beginning it was fun. I wanted to talk to people that I intrigued me, expert in in their industry. So but along the way I've I found that I love networking. I can use the podcast to network with a lot of individual that are smaller than what I do. And especially I wanna reach out to topics that I know nothing about, and then get those experts on using the podcast format and to see if I can learn something from them.
0: Great, you, you know, you're talking about networking, you're talking about it, a tool and I love this cause this is actually a very good, uh, another benefit of it is using it to learn, right? I don't know much about this topic, so let me go find an expert, bring them onto the show and talk to them. Love that. Now, for the podcasting part, we talk about networking. How does this fit in with promotional products, or is this, or is the podcast something else?
1: I started it as something else, really, to learn about things that I, I'm interested about, and also because I started the business, it it was learned through trial and error. I wish there are as many podcasts as we have now, learning how to do business. So I I especially want to go back because. Like, how do you set up for a a corporation? How do you do your bookkeeping? How do you do digital marketing? All this stuff, didn't learn it, trial and error, right? You're so, um, I especially wanted to try to give back, right, to my effort to, if you kind of go through the podcast that I've done, you're probably at the right place than if you would just go in and like me, you stumble on a lot of walls and, you know, you learn it the hard way.
0: It seems to be the curse of the entrepreneur that we have to bump our heads against the wall and do everything wrong and really struggle before we finally figure out how to do something right. And then, of course, somebody comes along and says, hey, why didn't you just do it like this? And you're like, ah, why didn't anybody tell me? So I, I love your approach to that. What has, what has podcasting now done for your business?
1: Well, in a different ways. And since I'm sel- a salesperson, I'll, I'll let you know the, the result for the salesperson kind of uh, point of view. So with a podcast and you had to kind of develop yourself and then you, you can, I'm not selling myself on the podcast. I never talk right. about my product. You know, uh, none of the topics right now are promotional product related, but what I can do right now is when I reach out to, let's say a bigger company, so instead of me trying to sell a unique promotional product, now I would say and research, uh, I, I have a really interested question. I do want to get interview for your chief marketing officer, which is my ideal client. Yep. Uh, would he or she be willing to go on to the show? I have this type of questions uh, for them. So the chances for me going through those stories are a lot, a lot higher than if I just call them during my sales call. So I think not, in the sales intent, but really to connect them, to ask them the right question. And then I know that at the end, they'll ask you, you are you asking a lot of good questions? So what do you do? And then it opened up for my conversation to tell them a little bit about what we do. And I'm able to connect with a lot more people than I would normally would without the podcast.
0: Yeah, I absolutely uh, love it because the the one thing you got to keep in mind, of course, is when you start a podcast, you, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk says you got to become a media company, right? You got to think of yourself as a media company first. And because of that, because you've developed the platform, because you have an audience, having a podcast is a great natural way for you to be able to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I'd like to talk without the sales pitch, without trying to come up with that, you know, 30 second elevators pitch or whatever it is, and have people hanging up on you on the phone and all this other stuff. It's a great way for you to have a conversation, like you said, with your ideal client. I'd like to talk to your chief marketing officer or whatever it is. It's really great. I want to ask you a question. So when you're talking about using it to build that network, what was it that gave you the idea to use that in the first place? Is it just something you naturally developed? Did you read it somewhere? Did somebody say, hey, did you ever think about your podcast like this?
1: I'm actually... Working on it now, I'm working with a sales coach. And then, you know, once uh, he knows that I'm serious in doing, because a lot of people, sometimes they do like five episodes and it's done, right? There's no more. But then he sees that I'm doing it about two years now. So we're actually now developing newer strategies. So he said that you spend the time editing the show, finding the guests, doing all the pre-interview, at least you're spending like I spend up to three to five hours for each episode. Why not make something out from it? So now we're actually developing questions. Uh, So I would ask at the end, since I have my guest on for 45 minutes, can I take 30 seconds? Now is a 30 seconds commercial of your time to tell you a little bit more about what I'm looking for to see if you can help me. So obviously, after our conversation, I ask them a good question. I, I study on my guests, and then they're willing to give me that thirty seconds. Normally, if I call CMO, thirty uh, seconds, please, no,
0: yeah, uh, you're and I they'll hang up.
1: And then so now I'm actually developing on my selfishness, I'll call it, you know, for my business, how I can actually connect with them for the next step. Maybe the CMO was happy, and there are other people within their department actually purchase what I do. So if I let them know these are something that I do, or if I know that there's no immediate connection in business, I would say, I'm looking for uh, an HR professional that actually do team retention program. You know, I have something, you know, for that, my company. I would love to see how they are able to build their culture continuously uh, while everyone is working remotely. Do you have some someone like that? So they actually find me the next guest in their Rolodex. So I I think I'm getting better and better of asking the right question because at the end, how good your podcast is is how how good the questions are.
0: I, I I think that's absolutely critical. Is is you know when you're doing your podcast, no matter what format you're in, making sure that you're asking the questions that's getting the right answers to provide value to your listeners. So yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. One question I do want to go back on is. What made you decide to get into the promotional product industry in the first
1: place? Well, we're doing CD and DVD replication. So let's, for example, a musician with finished an album. We did the CD for them. They're going on tour. And they asked, we wanted to sell merchandise. We want to sell t-shirts, hats, things that to carry along when we go uh, on tour. Do you do you something like that? So we just said yes. And then also <laughs> film company, yeah, they they have their premiere, they have their red carpet, that they their give back, right? So they also ask, can you guys help with, with uh, custom give back, things like that. So we somehow get into that business and we actually really like the business because the item will be different every single time. But then at the end, the end goal is still people wanted to put their logos on, some kind of promotion, some kind of campaign. And this is an industry, in my opinion, that will probably never go away compared to the CD, DVD business.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree on that one. And I got to go back because I I find this absolutely funny. And this is just a recurring theme when I talk to entrepreneurs, is a lot of the times you, you have to jump into something and try it out before you find out that you actually really like it and you really love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: you know, kind of, Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Kind of like what you were talking about there. They just say, hey, do you do this? And you're like, uh, yeah, and then you figured it out. Now you're going absolutely gangbusters. Cool, love that absolute story. When you got into podcasting, what was one of your biggest struggles?
1: I think it's both, a, both you can think of as an advantage and also a disadvantage because I was trained as a recording engineer I think I'm, even I'm rusty, I'm still better than a lot of podcasts out there that try to edit themselves. But then also the disadvantage is I know what I'm doing. I'm spending too much time on it. So I don't yeah. do a pod, podcast is not my main business, right? If I'm a professional podcast host and you know, I could spend a lot of time. So I have to find a balance. You know, I like to get good sound. I have to uh, want to get good production value, but then not to the point that it's becoming my, my full-time job. So I think the initial struggle was, was you know I, I know too much that I want to do too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, I, and I got to share this with you, when I first started my, my very first podcast way back in the day, it was because of sound engineers like you that made me think that I had to be at that level. And I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I watched, like GarageBand was my tool, you know, how to use the compressor and noise gate and all of that other stuff. Because I was in my head, 110% convinced that I had to do this to get that super, super high quality out there. But what I found interesting was that when I started backing off, I would do like a minimal instead of the maximum that people still listen to the show. They didn't disappear. So it was for me, it was an iterative process, like you talk about advantage and disadvantages. I knew how to do it. I was making it really complicated on myself. But when I was took a step back and said, you know, do I really need to do this? Like you said, podcasting is not the full time job, right? We're not podcasters, we're entrepreneurs with a podcast, right? So that's a very big difference there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you, if it, it, it has to sound decent, right? You know, don't, yes. don't, don't get me wrong. I, I want to be, Sound decent, and if you a good things to to know, if you guys put on your headphones and listen to a podcast, let's say Conan O'Brien. I I really like the production value in Conan O'Brien's podcast. He sounds really good because he's been a TV host for a long time. Yes. So listen to a podcast, and compared to the sound level of if you have a podcast to your podcast, don't change the volume. How does it sound? How uh his is broadcast level. So somehow you need to at least be your high level, because I think one of the most common error, I would call it for podcasts is the level is way too low. So you have to crank it all the way up. And then, but if you listen to like radio broadcasts or a professional sounding podcast, they're at a different level. So if you just wanted to fix one thing, got to fix your level.
0: You're right. And one thing that that comes to mind is because I listen to a lot of podcasts, even before I have people on my podcast here, And one of the things that I hear a lot of when you talk about volume is like, for instance, the introductory music is super, super loud. And then the, the voice of the host comes on and it's really, really quiet. So it's like, I have to crank the volume way down. And also I think it's just dead space. And then when I turn my volume up on my car to like 40, then I can finally start to hear the host speak. Right. So it's, you know, it's two different levels. So I completely agree with what you're saying there, there has to be a balance between editing your podcast so it, it sounds good and, you know, people can clearly hear what it is that you're saying, you know, versus just whatever willy-nilly and throwing it out the door. Thank you for pointing that out. Now, when you were talking before about advantage versus disadvantage, right? Spending a lot of time editing your podcast episode, what did you do to overcome that obstacle? Or what are some questions that you ask yourself to kind of do that mental interrupt so you don't spend 20 hours editing a single episode?
1: Just like what we, how I approach the business, I become more efficient. So I have, nice. you know, if you use a computer, then you know that there, there are presets, there are, you know, parameters that I set, you know, I really took the time to do it. So every time that I know that if I run through those per- perimeters with those effects, for example, I know I have decent sound. So maybe sometime I'll go in and fix if someone something didn't turn out right. But then I know that by having those settings available, that will ensure to me to have at least uh, above average sound quality. So I think as an entrepreneur standpoint, yes. this is good enough. It's just like how I approach the business. You know that if you have certain elements, involved in the project, then you know that the project is going well. But then if you, let's say if you're missing something or if you are not able to get what you needed to do the job, then you know that you need to pay more attention to the work or for example, in our case, the episode.
0: Nice, love it. With regards to podcasting, why don't you share with us what one of your biggest successes is?
1: I was able to pitch one of our le- industry leading magazine and promotional product to write an article in the exact topic. How do you start a podcast for business and, and why? The question is more about the why because all the nuts and bolts, if you have certain resources, you could actually hire someone to do it, but then without figure out the why, you're starting a podcast, It's not going to go so far. You might get the initial hunch to do maybe five to 10 episodes. But then if this is not something that we really want to do and you can connect with, then it's not going to go very far. So I think by able to look at the opportunity, I'm using podcast is kind of my credibility builder, I would call it. So for example, when you work with client, if you're a business, they will ask you, who have you worked with? right? Who are your clients? So then they expect you to throw some big name, something that kind of they relate to you and agree to right. And by having the podcast, when I reach out, you know, what I call people who are at higher social status than I do, I'm able to use the podcast and I'm not just nobody. I have this podcast and in this year, hopefully I, I'll be over a hundred episodes. So that gives really the credibility. It's not just a new podcast. I've actually have interview a lot of guests, a lot of different experts, and then if you have the conversation with me, then maybe I could help you take you to to your next level too. So, I think it's just another way for for me to put my credibility to into my business.
0: I want to go back and talk about something here because I, I love I love both of those things. Right, you were able to pitch a magazine and get an article published as well as the angle of having it be a credibility builder for you. What I would like to do is I'd like to go back and talk about the article you got published in the, the magazine. Because some of these, these magazines out there are getting millions of eyeballs on their content every single month. So just having the honor of getting published uh, is absolutely huge. Now you mentioned before, you said, you know, because you had a podcast, you were able to pitch to a magazine. Walk us through that process. How did you reach out to them? How did you phrase it? Did you send them the podcast ahead of time? or what was that like?
1: well, if you if you have been doing podcasts for a while, then obviously you had the right setup. You had the right mindset. But you get over that the sound of your own voice because the first time you listen to the sound of your own voice in your speaker is very <laughs> unique <laughs> experience, right? So very. you know we we got over that. So actually, Uh, just wrote an email to the editor. I said, I've been doing that. I think that will benefit the reader from the magazine. They actually have a podcast. I actually invite myself to be as a guest, you know, to talk about that exact topic. And then they said, why don't you write an article for us? And I think I have developed a relationship with the editor. So they will actually ask me to comment. You know, sometimes they have a questions that you're know, looking for uh, answers. They'll actually reach out to me. I, I love their opportunity. So because as an editor for a magazine, they are constantly looking for information. They can't do it all by themselves. So hopefully I'll be on the good side. So whenever that's something that I might be of value, they'll reach out to me and I get quote on magazine. So imagine how your business will appear to uh versus your competitor if you get constant quotes on uh industry magazines
0: no that's uh, that's absolutely brilliant and i love what you said and i want to go back and kind of kind of uh point this out for our audience is it's not just a matter of having guests on your podcast but also being a guest on other people's podcasts because like you said podcasting is I, I don't know how many times podcasting is like the ultimate bu- relationship building tool Right, And it's not just a one-way street. It's not like, oh, well, I'm going to have people on my podcast and build a relationship. You can be a guest on other people's podcasts as well. And that, once again, is just another way to develop a relationship, which in your case, by talking to the editor, they were like, hey, why don't you write an article for us and we'll publish it? And you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, it's, it's free promotion. You know, How much do you yes. I spend to be on the magazine? Now they're asking me for it so it's yeah it's a time commitment right to come up with you know good information but then i'm able to network with them again and then i i know them first name basis so yes. are, we actually i will send them idea to, to pitch them for the next article so if they take it i will write article for magazines as long as as many times as they want me
0: right exactly and because you have these great guests on your podcast especially about topics you don't know about you now almost have this, this infinite well of knowledge, right? From all these other podcast guests that you're, you're having on your show, to be able to create, you know, cause you're learning things. So you're able to take that and convey it into writing, to be able to just keep producing really great, great, high quality content. Cause like you said, you've got, you're getting access to some really smart people out there who would just know something like how to incorporate, leverage their strengths, bring them onto your podcast talk to them, and then be able to go out and write articles around it. Because a, a thing I want to keep in mind is, and you said this before about continually writing articles, is that we have to understand that these magazines, these publications, they're all the time looking for content. All the time, right? It's not something where they can go a week or 30 days without publishing new content, they need new content all the time, right? They, because they want those millions of eyeballs on their stuff so they can charge advertisers and in all this other stuff. That's absolutely brilliant. Now I do want to explore this just a, a little bit. When it comes to it comes to writing these articles, what is kind of like a, a framework that you use to to write good articles?
1: I'm a horrible writer. I'll admit it on on your show. But then <laughs> my my approach is my daughter, my daughter is 12. She's an excellent writer. So I can't do what she does, and she just have very good structure, a lot of good paragraph, good grammars. I've I can write a lot, of bad grammar, bad spelling. But then what I do is I put a lot of bullet points. Whatever I could think of about that topic, ah. I start writing bullet points as many as I can, and then I'll go back the next day, I'll write a little bit more underneath the bullet point. Or if I think that bullet point is not relevant to the article, I will delete it at all. So that's how I'm able to build that structure. So obviously I asked them to edit it for me. Uh, right. uh, my daughter, right? So right. then you know it, it becomes worthy to be on a magazine. But then I think uh, for me, it comes with idea first. And then within those idea, what else can you say about that bullet point? So I, that's kind of how I approach to to writing that article.
0: Right. And oh, I think that's absolutely that's absolutely brilliant that you're that you know that you're able to do that. Kudos to your daughter. <laughs> I know my writing, uh, could stand a little bit of TLC myself. So it's good that you've kind of got that in your family because that really helps you out. Plus it makes her a part of the process.
1: Yeah, she 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 liked that. She likes writing, you know, so she wants to be an editor, a journalist. So, you know, now help daddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Love that. For the entrepreneur that's out there probably has a, you know, they have a podcast, they might be struggling with it right now. What would be like, you know, one piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that, that you would give them?
1: I think Cliff, you asked me that question uh, in the beginning. You asked, you know, why are you doing that? So the first question that you want to ask if you are struggling with broadcasts, you know, assuming that you've been running it for a little bit, is why did you start it in the first place? Do you really have reason to continue it? So you can say no. You know, you could tell yourself no, then you you move on. But if you say yes, why did you start it? What are the reasons you want to do it? And if you're like me, you want to start thinking about how can it benefit your business? For me, because I'm a salesperson, I develop all this tra- sales strategies to have more conversation. You know, my my goal for a podcast is to have more conversation with people. When I have more conversation with people as a salesperson, I know when the right fit comes in, when my ideal client comes along. So then I already have the procedure to ask the follow-up questions to prompt them to see if we should go into the next conversation, which will be a prospecting call. So initially I do start out as a podcast, but then if they're interested, Then we move on to the next meeting, which we talk about business. So think of it like this way. If you own your business, are there other goals that you think your guests might be able to help you? Are there other benefits if you connect with a certain level of guests that are able to grow your business? So maybe there are ways that do that and build your own questions. So then when you finish a good interview with the guests, take maybe two minutes of the time and ask them if I could tell you a little bit about what I'm up to, what I'm doing right now to see if we're able to uh, connect. So I think that at least that conversation will keep you motivated for doing a podcast because these are new conversations that you normally might not able to have if, you don't have, if you're not doing your podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I love that you bring that up because taking a step back from what you're just talking about It's really about keeping in mind the big picture, right, around the podcast. It's just not about producing an episode so you can hear yourself on your car speakers, well, first off, it's the why, right? Why am I doing this? What's my primary driver behind this? What's the focus behind this? What am I ultimately trying to achieve? But the second thing is, is taking, taking into account that big strategy about how you can use a podcast for your business and use it effectively. Love, 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 uh, both of those points. So with that being said, if somebody's listening to your this podcast and they're like, hey, I want to follow Swire online. I want to check out his podcast. I want to see what he's doing. What's the best way for them to connect with
1: you? Thank you, Cliff. I go by Swire Ho, hashtag the promo guy. So if anyone wants to Google me, just do that. I'm the only one with that acronym. <laughs> uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. So find me Swire Ho on LinkedIn. Name of my podcast is The Small Business Show. Uh, it's on all the major podcasting platform. And if you want to talk business, then you can go to my website at garudapromo.com. And
0: for our audience, we will have all those links in the show notes down below, including the article that Swire written about how to start a podcast. I'm actually looking forward to, you know, to reading that myself. So anyways, Swire, it's been great having you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. I learned a lot. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you. Thank you, Cliff. Hey everyone, I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five day start my business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now within the five day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.